And welcome back to another edition of the On The Board Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C. Coming to you live from the... Well, we're not live, but this is going to be a pre-recorded segment here. But I'm coming to you. We are, Sean and I. Yes, we are. We're coming to you from the Marriott in... On Long Island, I should say. On Long Island, right across the way from Nassau Community College. If you can't tell from the background noise, the Islanders, they just won... They just beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in six games by a final score of 5-3 to three tonight. A lot of heroes here, but I got to introduce my co-host, my wonderful co-host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shawnee on the mic, because, folks, you know me. I'm at every Islander game. This was his first ever Islander game at Nassau Coliseum. He's been to a couple at Barclays, but it's his first game ever at Nassau Coliseum. And what a time for you to come to Nassau, Sean. First of all, well, thank you very, very much. I appreciate you, pal. And the funny thing is, it's like I've only been here for one game. The Islanders cannot leave this place. I mean, this is home. Like, this is home. It's a piece of shit, but guess what? It's our piece of shit. So, I mean, 5-3 win. Wrap it up in six. Bring on Boston, baby. Bring on Boston. Well, I got to say this. Boston, you can't ever overlook them. I'm going to be... As real as real can get. I'm hyped up for going on in the next round. It's the first time since 1993 that the Islanders advanced at home at Nassau Coliseum. But what I will tell you, Sean, is that every Islander fan that was in there tonight rocked the barn tonight without a shadow of a doubt. The fans brought it, and I'm sure the players felt it out on the ice tonight because, bro, I'm going to be honest with you here. This fan base absolutely deserves everything that is coming to them right now. Whether or not they've been rooting for this team for a long time, whether or not you got started up over the course of time, Sean, this has been absolutely one hell of a ride, to say the very least, man. And also, one other thing. For the fans out there that say that you want Boston, they look, listen, we had Boston's number, but that was what Yaro Halakim meant most of the nights, Okay. Tuka Rask is another animal. You got to go up against that perfection line. Yeah, you got Charlie Coyle. You got other guys like that. Cedeno Char ain't there anymore. He got eliminated in the first round against this former team. But these Bruins are no joke, Sean. They are absolutely no joke. Well, you know, that second period when they scored not one goal, not two goals, three goals, that's one of the being, – being there is one of the loudest places I've ever been those three goals and well you could tell they fed off the fans and what a resilient team and what a resilient way to bounce back they were down one zip well they tied it they were down two one they tied it they were down three two they tied it and then two more goals in the second period well so excited to see this game and will tell me we know who the three stars of the game were but if there was one player tonight that stood out who was he? Ilya Sorokin. Ilya Sorokin. Ilya Sorokin was just absolutely unbelievable tonight. And let me tell you, for a rookie netminder, for somebody that, you know, we forget how old he is. He's 24 years old, yes. He's a rookie. He got drafted in 2014. But you never see 24-year-olds come out the way how they do let alone play like this. Yes, there are some people out there that are still trying to find their groove at age 24, but make no mistake about it, Sean. This kid is here to stay. He is the real deal, I feel. 
And you know what? Right now, yeah, it's it's a great defensive system. It's a great, great, great place for Ilya to be right now, both in the time of his life and where the Islanders are right now. But you know what? Young kids, they could have folded and broke after Jeff Carter scores about a minute and a half into the game. A young kid like that could have broke after they score their set, the, the Penguins scored their second goal. But the Islanders, just as a team, they find a way to go out there and just flat out good team good teams find ways to win games and the Islanders are are a very good team and they found a way to win this game tonight but to, just to get back to Ilya I mean there were some saves that were absolutely unbelievable and the crowd gave him the energy he fed off the fans make no mistake about it so it's gonna be awesome what's going on Ted absolutely what a great win what a great win you know, just having a couple of fans giving us daps right now, everything like that. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Everybody's hyped right now here in the Marriott. I'm sure when we get out of the Coliseum, into the Coliseum parking lot when we leave, it's going to be dead, but there'll be some remnants of Islander fans here. But look, just to get back to Sorokin again, what an unbelievable thing to see. Sean? You know what, Will? Before I highlight my player of the game, the one thing... The, the officiating tonight was terrible. The Islanders had one power play. They should have had three, maybe four, maybe five. A lot of stuff wasn't called, and they still went out there. And, Will, you are right. Elia Sorokin, boom, 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 boom. Will, he stood on his head, not only this game, but in game five, he saved their tail. Yeah. Because the Islanders will excuse this, but they played like absolute garbage for most of that game. He stood on his tail in game five, and they get the winner in OT and well like you said I think like a minute and 33 seconds in yeah. the Penguins score it's yep, like oh yep, my god yep, Jeff it could have easily been a snowball effect yep. he stood on his head made some great saves because well the turnovers were also <coughs> another thing the Islanders had a few ones that were bad right. but that brings me to my player that stood out well and me and you spoke about him in the parking lot on the way to do the show Rock Yes. As a forgotten guy, everybody talks about Barzell, Bovillier, Eberly, Bailey, Clutterbrook, etc., etc. The fourth line, right? The fourth line. Everybody forgets about Brock. He's such a steady guy. His well, his game isn't a flashy, sexy game. He yeah. just goes out there, gets a job done, and goes home and has a good night's sleep. So yeah. Will. Brock and he scored not one goal but two goals so shout out to him oh yeah absolutely and when you look at Brock Nelson's game he is definitely more of a scorer than he is a passer make no mistake about that and he's got that body and let's never forget about what happened last year in the uh, conference finals when he went up against Tampa and how he was getting the banging of his lifetime as far as the body getting the hits on him he was concussed he could have missed one he could have missed one game but he found a way to go out there and play and he scored he's one of the better islanders that nobody really gives any recognition for and you know speaking of brock that second line tonight you know we could talk about the fourth line being the energy line being the identity line we could talk about barzell and eberle and uncle leo uncle leo underrated series well, he's a defenseman. Yeah, no, no, right, right. But, you know, they, the Pulak-Pelic line, the defensive pairing, unbelievable. But that Bovillier, Bailey, and Nelson line, 
absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, absolutely unbelievable this series. Anthony Beauvillier scored, what, three, four goals yeah. in three games? Yeah. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, you, you know, you see a lot of things, everything like that. It's just absolutely unbelievable what the Islanders do with Brock Nelson and with Anthony Beauvillier and Josh Bailey. They've recaptured that magic from what they had in the bubble last year, Sean. They absolutely did. Well, and, 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 and the funny thing is, is that you're starting to see them, Joe, because I think a lot of people forget it was only 56 games. It wasn't the full 82, so guys had to get things going, and they had to get things going quickly because obviously six, seven, eight teams don't make the playoffs. It was only four. But, well, two things real quick. Let's not forget, Anderson has been out for a while now. Yeah. He got hurt. Season's done. For them to rally without their captain, that's hard. Playing a game, not seeing your captain out there, but they've rallied. They've steadied the ship, and they're doing well. But, Will... I have to mention this man's name, and I know we're going to talk about him now. Barry Trotz, bro. Yes. Barry Trotz just, I mean, how the hell did Washington not bring this man back? I mean, thankfully for us, but how the hell did he get let loose after winning a Stanley Cup? Comes down to money at the end of the day. After winning the Stanley Cup. Comes down to money at the end of the day when it comes down to trying to rehire a coach. He wanted more money. He felt like he deserved it. And he did. And you know what? The best owner in sports, John Ledecky, took care of it, and he gave the man what he wanted. Who we just saw moments yeah. ago, yeah. right inside the uh, inside the Nassau Coliseum entrance over there, coming out, and boy, was he hyped when we saw him. He was high fiving everybody. He high fived you, Sean. Me. Yep, uh, that yep. must, you're not going to wash that hand. I'm again. not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he high fived every fan's hand, my hand, everything like that. Just absolutely unbelievable stuff, uh, what we saw. But, you know, Ledecky just, he wanted winner, he wanted winners here after, you know, the great start of that 2017-18 season. And then they collapsed with Doug Waite in that style of offensive play. They didn't have any defensive structure. And, you know what? They bring in Lamarillo. Lamarillo, three years later, yeah, he didn't make the trade the first year with the roster. He felt like he had something here with the roster that that you could build upon here. Michael Dalcol was an AHL all-star. Joshua Hosang, uh, you know, he's he might not even be here next year. We'll see right. what happens with that. Uh, you know, and the draft. He drafted Oliver Walshman in the first round. He drafted Noah Dobson with back-to-back picks. Yep. And, you know, he's got... Not it's not you can't really say it's a deep farm, but it's gonna be really something to say the very least. But you know, and then you know he drafts Simone Holstrom in the first round. The trading deadline acquisition last year of Andy Green and JG Pajot really helped out. Obviously, COVID happened, so that right. helped out also with the injuries. And then finally, they make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, and for the for the Islanders to get back, not only. And people can shit on this deal however way you want on it. But when it counts, it matters. Kyle Palmieri and he Travis Ajak. Yeah. 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 Palmieri scored a goal. And he scored, what, three goals this series? This series, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's he's coming through in, in, the, in the most opportunistic of times. And that's what you want to see as an Islander fan without a shadow of a doubt. You want to see that tr- trade acquisition come in. And Lou Amarillo, people haven't given him... You know the love 
that he should be getting, but whatever. It's really a Garth Snow built team. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's really changed the culture here with bringing in Barry. If it wasn't for Lou and John Ledecky, there would be no Barry Trots. There probably would be no Islanders here right now in this spot. You know what it is, Will? You know, you know, me and you talk about not just with this sport, but other sports. We talk about the coaches, the general managers having the pulse of their team. Right. Lou has the pulse of this team. Yes. When fans are screaming, Taylor Hall, when fans are screaming, this big name and that big name, he's like, no, I'm going to get Al, Al Mary. I'm going to get Travis Zajac. I'm going to get Andy Green. I'm going to get JG of Basel. No names, but not superstar names. Right. And he makes those moves. He he brings on he brings in it's, those guys for for the simple fact of that he knows the pulse uh, of their team. So he knows the pulse of their team. So I mean, and it's just something that congratulations, you know, well. at the end of the day, you just have to give him superstar a credit. You have to give him a, a credit and. The number one thing, the number one thing to take away from this whole thing, this whole thing, Will, like you just said, the Islanders did it at home. They did it at home. We've seen them win game sevens on uh, on the road. We've seen them clinch on the road, win big games on the road. To win a big game at home, Will, especially after that exhilarating game five, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's good, but... The job isn't done like the great late Kobe Bryant said. The job is not uh, finished. This is just the start, and Boston is up next. So what, I, what I will tell you is this. With everybody out there during the regular season, at the end of the regular season, at the trading deadline, everybody was going to say that Palmieri, you know, he sucks. This, this trade sucks. But you see it from the social media crowd. How many people on social media actually played any sport in their life? Very, very few. Forget, forget, forget the fact, and I don't want to ever throw down people, but as you can hear that we want Boston chants in the background. But here's the bottom line. Do not ever doubt what's going on with players because you never know what's going on outside. You never know if you know they're trying to fit into a crowd or on a team or whatever. These are the things that you have to understand and you have to... You have to look at, you know, and when Kyle Palmieri wasn't scoring goals at the end of the regular season, you want to know what he was doing? He was playing defense. He was going out there. He was throwing the body. And that's what Barry Trotz wants in his system and in his style of play. And that's what he wants to see from his players. Don't worry about scoring. The scoring will come. But you got to take care of the other things that come in and around the game of, of hockey at that point in time. So it's absolutely unbelievable what we're seeing right now. And, you know, maybe Kyle Palmieri, you know, might go on a little a little bit of a spell. You might see it uh, on a hot spell. So we'll see. He's definitely hot. Um, he's definitely hot. A lot of people forget the Devils the past two, three years, they haven't been good. But when they were good, Palmieri was one of the best players on that team. So, absolutely. So he can be a one of the best players on a good team, which with the injuries he's going to have to be for this team going uh, forward because Matt Barzell is trying his best. The goals haven't been there for him, Will. We watched the game. He had about one one or two that, I mean, not to say point blank, but close to point blank, and he shot it high and he shot it wide. So I think his timing is just a little bit off. So 
Palmieri is going to have to play, you know, to continue to play well going into this next round two. Well, well another player that I want to uh, point out, we, talk, we spoke about Sorokin, Nelson, Bovillier. Josh Bailey tonight was quiet. He didn't really do much on the offensive end. I felt Josh Bailey on the defensive end played out of his mind. He was getting deflections um, back into the op- uh, back into the opposite zone. He was blocking shots. Well, he did what you said Kyle Palmieri does. You know what? Tonight my offense isn't there. I'm going to do the small things. I'm I'm going to make the winning plays, the plays that don't show up in the stat box. Yeah, and you know when you look at other players too that come into mind. Guys that don't play that sexy name. We, we mentioned Uncle Leo before, Leo Komarov. He had a, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to score points or be on that first line or be a first line winger, an elite winger. No. Yeah. He's there to replace. You can't replace what Andrews Lee brings to the table. You can't. Yeah. But what he, what Uncle Leo brings to the table is this. He's a guy that goes out there and he puts the body and he lays the pain somewhat and he's going to be a four checking presence that that's what you want to see yeah you want to see that so i thought uncle leo was underrated i thought you know we had bathtub jake sitting next to us in the section of the pellet posse the man who created the pellet posse so shout out to bathtub jake uh for coming on such notice to, to this game absolutely unbelievable stuff right there but just like other players, too. You know, Scott Mayfield gets a bad rap, per se. You know, I thought outside of the one penalty that he had, I thought he played very well. Nick Letty had a diving play. You heard the, the chants in the in the Coliseum go, Letty. Yes, Letty. Right, you heard that. So the fans were really appreciative of that. And you could tell that he had himself a really, really tough game over the course of time this season, but he's found himself, and he had the great assist numbers, and he didn't really score, but when he's on, he could be on, and when he plays, you know, that defense, he could be a, not a shutdown defenseman, but he could be that guy that could always lead out, be that fourth forward, if you will, to lead that offensive attack, and the one thing that I will say about this before we move on, and we talk about the Bruins for the next round, is the fact that tonight, you gotta love what you saw with regards to the puck movement tonight. Because, Sean, with everything that happened in games three, two and three, what did the Islanders do? They they chipped it and chased it. Yeah. They let they they went away from the game one perspective of just going out there and legitimately legitimately just not getting that breakout pass, not really getting anything at all. Yeah. You know, so they were dumping and chasing games two and three. I understand the choice for going with Varlamov in games two and three. Totally understand that. The fan base wants to rip on Barry and everything like that. You know, rightfully so, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about that. But when you're paying big money to go out there for uh, Semyon Varlamov, he's your number one goalie, and that's somebody who you want to go with. But to get back to what the Islanders did right this game and the past couple of games, you saw it. They went out, they basically went out, and they just controlled the puck. They controlled the, the, the game. Yeah. They controlled it. Breakout pass, 
You got the centers going in. It was a line rush going right to the goal. And the Pittsburgh Penguins couldn't really contain that. The Islanders played the Penguins type of game. And that's what literally happened right there, Sean. You know what? So, you know, and, and well, that's a great call because when you're paying a guy big bucks, you, you tend to want to, you know, to play him. But, you know, it's not an easy choice to no. say, do I play the guy with the big bucks? and make him play well, or do I ride the hot hand? Well, Sorokin has to start game one. Oh, absolutely. The next one. Absolutely. He has to start game one. And to me, Barry should not pull him unless he has a bad game, five goals, six goals um, uh, given up because he's hot. Yeah. He's hot. Even yep. though tonight he gave up three uh, three goals, Will, he could have gave up six. Because, again, Will, the Islanders had some bad turnovers, especially deep in their zone where he had to stand on his head. And he did at least two or three times, keeping them in the game when when they were down once at two one three two, as they came going going back backwards. So I mean, well, awesome job. They close out the Penguins, Crosby, Malkin, Carter. All those guys are gone. Will we look at this Boston Bruins team? Very talented team, and you know, <clears throat> obviously we know about Patrice Bergeron, one of the, one of the best players. In the sport, Brad Marchand, one of the best players in the sport. Tukaras, pound for pound, probably the best goalie in the sport. But what we have is talk in the parking lot. A trading deadline person that they got at the deadline was Taylor Hall, and well, that he's a guy that I wanted the Islanders to get, just because he's that sniper guy that I always feel that feel that they will that they want. They just shut the Nick game. Like what the fuck? So, stop serving beer. That's crazy. Don't so. serve beer. And you, you know what I'm saying? So, well, you know, Ilya Sorokin, as we have fans uh, walking past. Will, what's your early, early, early thoughts on Boston Islanders round two? Well, the way how I look at it, like, when I look at Boston this year, they went through so many injuries. They had a, a COVID scare. Yeah. And they've been through a lot. And Bruce Cassidy basically has done a hell of a job with the Bruins and trying to get everything together. And let's not forget, too, yeah, you lost down to Dan Chara. And at the beginning of the year, they didn't look good. Boston didn't look good, but they found a way. They found their edge. And this is this is a three versus four seed right now. And you know what? The bottom line here is this. Tuka Rask is all worldly. He is definitely a difference maker when it comes to what's going on when it comes to starting so Jeez, it's going to be great pants, thank you I appreciate that yeah. Yeah. I'm an the fan I love your fucking kicks I appreciate it man thank you so much <laughs> yeah so to get back with Boston man you know it's just absolutely an unbelievable thing to see uh, what has happened but you know Sean make no mistake about it the you know the, the perfection line is still going to be the same yep. they still have one of the best defensemen in the league in Charlie McAvoy, the Long Island product, the Long Beach native. Yes. And, you know, they still have gritty players and gritty veterans on their team. So when you look at outside of the perfection line and outside of that Taylor Hall deal, you know, they still got Charlie Coyle. They still got, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say uh, Anders Bjork. I may be wrong. I I'm going to want to say he got traded. I don't want to sound like a dumbass on that one. I don't want to bring up the stats either. But, right. you know, 
they're still going to be a dangerous team. And for the next couple of, uh, for this round anyway, it, it's definitely going to be a nail-biter. Can the Islanders win this series? Absolutely. But they got to be more on the defensive presence of mind when covering the when covering this perfection line and they can't let up any goals and what I will tell you is this Sean with everything going on with this team with the Bruins when Tuka Rask wasn't playing Yarrow was in net and Yarrow you know good Islander everything like that definitely was a fan favorite but when you look at Yarrow and you saw he wasn't going to be carrying this Bruins team and you saw it in the bubble last year when Tuka left for family reasons and it was night and day. And you could say that Tampa won the Stanley Cup basically because they had, they had beaten Boston, you know, without Tuka Rask per se. You, you never want to say that, but the Islanders gave them a good, a good run for their money, everything like that. But, you know, to, when Tuka's in that and when he's hot, he's one of the better goalies in the league, like you said, pound for pound. So, what I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders were – to win this series, I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders were to lose this series because Boston is a heavyweight, and they are definitely no joke. To, they're they're no joke. That's the bottom line. They're no joke. Well, I feel like Boston is a very top-heavy team. I agree. With Marchand, Bergeron, McAvoy, Coyle, and Hall. I feel the Islanders may not be top-heavy, but I feel the Islanders fill out as a team really well. So I say that to say this. We, obviously, the best players have to play well. Barzell, Bavillier, Palmieri, Clutterbuck, etc. Well, it's going to be the Leo Camaras of the world. Right. It's going to be the Noah Dobsons of the world that have to step up their game because I think the Islanders have more depth than Boston. And when that top heavy gets going, the Islanders are going to have to depend on that depth on both sides of the puck to try and win these games. But to me, well, it comes down to this. And this is my number one thing. I'm assuming, well, as you are too, that Elias Sorokin is going to start game one, game two, and he's going to be the starter as long as he's not shaking. Right. Sh- he's shaky, yeah. Right. Will, can the young rookie best Tukaraz? Tukaraz has been there and done that plenty of times. Tukaraz won't, won't be afraid of of a round two. He's played in Stanley Cups. He's played in conference uh, finals. The man has played in pressure uh, moments. A round two against an Alabama team is not going to scare him. Can Ilya Sorokin match the confidence that Tuka Rask is going to have? Because if he does, Will, I think the Islanders can win this series. They're not going to be the favorite, and I agree. But if the depth plays well, and if Sorokin continues to stand on their head well, why not? Because defensively, the Islanders still will. Well, ever since Barry Trotz has gotten here, the Islanders have been one of the better defensive teams. Oh, yeah. Moving in guys in and out. Devon Taves, he traded. He's uh, he's playing well. I saw him play um, um, the other night. He missed you, pal. But still, defensively, Will, they've been very, very good. If those two things happen, well, I think the outside of a just shot of winning this uh, series. Yeah, and the one thing that I will tell you is that if they contain the perfection line, like you said, Sean, they're gonna they're gonna be one of those teams that's 
going to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference Finals if they make it that far, or in the final in the in the Conference Finals. So, you know, it, it's definitely a very hyped up series per se, but it's going to be absolutely uh, unbelievable uh, next round. So, any final thoughts on this episode before we head out, man? Well, you know, once again, thank uh, thank you, Pat. It was awesome. Me and Will's second hockey game, we did our first game at Barclays Center. Will, something with me and you being at the game at the same time. The Islanders are going to score plenty of goals. <laughs> I think they beat Colorado, was it 4-3 or like 5-4? I, I think it was 5-4. I think it was. We got to look at hockey we reference hockey for reference, that. Right. But that was back in 2019. 2019 that was right. when Varlamov was starting in net right. at Barclays Center. Barclays and we Center. were going crazy. We were with Scoop B, Brandon Robinson, Brandon Robinson who's now on Bally Sports. Yes. So, Brandon, if you're listening... If you're listening to this episode right now, uh, shout out to you, bud. You know, you've been working your tail off. We know that. It's been a really, really great time to see uh, you succeed, you know, in doing your thing and getting big now. So congratulations on that. But, no, you know, the way how I look at it is like this. My final takeaway is this. If Oliver Wallstrom comes back into play, and we know that the Bruins have this great penalty kill, and they also have a top ten power play but if the Islanders can find a way to sustain that and try and keep everything on the outside and shut down that perfection line there is absolutely no way let's go Isles there is absolutely no way that the Islanders are gonna lose this series if they contain that perfection line without a shadow of a doubt so I'm hyped for this next series Sean I know you're hyped and I know that I every Islander fan is hyped up for the next round against Boston. We don't know the start time. We don't know the days coming up uh, for the next round. But all I know is that Islander fans are hyped up for this. On top of that too, Will, I mean, I know some people care about this. Some people don't. Boston, they've been resting the least like the last two, three days. Yeah. So they've had time to watch game five. Had time to watch game game six and pick apart that some good film on what the Islanders do. I mean, rest sometime, I think it's overrated uh, uh, sometimes, but they've been at home, so take that for what you will, guys. What I will tell you is this. When the Islanders beat Pittsburgh two years ago in a sweep, they had 10 days off. 10 days, yeah. They had 10 days off to recover, and Carolina wound up beating Washington in seven games in a double overtime game. Brock McGinn with the game winner. Yep. And... In Washington, nonetheless. What's going on? Good, good. It's absolutely unbelievable what you might see. Now, yeah. both teams are going to be rested somewhat. Yeah. You know, the Peng- uh, the Bruins, they played, what, on Monday? Uh, right? Or Tuesday? Uh, was it? Was it Monday? So, I think so. You know, it's been absolutely unbelievable. But none- nonetheless, bro. Nonetheless, time off may be an ally for yourself, but time off may also be... An enemy for yourself so you know we'll see what happens uh come game one of the second round so you know it's going to be absolutely unbelievable what the bruins are going to do on that note you know it's been absolutely unbelievable to say the very least so for everybody here from the on the board sports podcast for my co-host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shawnee on the mic. Yes, sir. Let's go, Islanders.
I'm your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C. We'll talk to you guys in a little bit. Peace out. God bless. Always believe no matter what. Peace out.